Welcome to the Healthy Family Project by Produce for Kids, covering the hot topics in the world of health, food, and family with a dose of fun. Welcome back to the show. I'm excited about our 2021 lineup of guests and topics, and I hope you're enjoying them. If you have not joined the Healthy Family Project Facebook group, you can find me there. Uh, I'm really loving this group and the honest conversations that we are having. It has been really helpful for me, um, you know, getting through 2020 and now into 2021, just a safe space to talk about all kinds of things. And a lot of what we talk about on the podcast transfers over to the group. You can also find recipe inspiration on healthyfamilyproject.com and our social media outlets. There is also our weekly email that gives you everything in one spot. So you can sign up for that email. It's sent out on Saturday mornings, I believe. Um, and come to your inbox and we'll kind of just give you the update on everything new on the site and everything new that we're talking about at the moment. Today, we're talking with Christine Pittman of Cook the Story, thecookful.com, and also her new podcast, TMI with Christine, um, which I have recently had the pleasure to record for. I don't know the exact date that it'll be live yet, but I'm sure we'll, we'll share that out once I know. I've known Christine for a while now, and I love her outlook on life. I love her meal planning um, I guess, theories and strategies and just really enjoy her style, relaxed style in the kitchen and thought she would be a great person to have on to talk about meal planning as I know it's a, a hot topic as we are in the new year and trying to make some changes. We're going to talk about some easy things that we can do to help us um, meal plan in a way that works for our family. So let's not waste any time and get chatting with Christine. Welcome to the show, Christine. It is so wonderful to have you on today. We've known each other for, I don't even know how many years now, uh, being in the food world. I was so blessed to have met you many years ago and our paths <laughs> seem to kind of intersect here and there. And I know you have many exciting things going on in your world. So why don't you tell listeners a little bit about you? Yeah. So um, I started my food blog 10 years ago. I just had the 10-year anniversary of Cook the Story. And um, and then I started another food blog five years ago, The Cookful, and those are still going. There's thousands of recipes on those sites, and we just hit a crazy landmark. We now have 2 million people a month coming to those websites wow. combined. I know. Congrats. Thanks. It's super exciting. That's great. And I just launched a podcast. It's called TMI with Christine, and we give you way too much information about meal planning and time <laughs> management. <laughs> I love it. You Thanks. can... Soak it all in. And you're a mom on top of all of these yeah, things. I'm a single mom of two. Um, I have my kids every second week. So one week is insane and one week is very relaxing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can like gather yourself back together and then jump right back into the crazy. Yeah, and it's really fascinating um, in terms of meal planning, which I know we're going to talk about because it's so different from one week to the next. One week, I'm kind of a single person eating what I want or trying to not just eat toast because who wants to just cook for one, right. like it's kind of that. Right. And then the other week I'm like structured healthy food for my kids. <laughs> I know it is, it is crazy. I, I know the days that I'm on my own, which is very rare as of late, but if I am I'm like, you know what? I feel like a cheese board is perfect for dinner. Mm, cheese for dinner is one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So everyone will link up to Christine's podcast so you can 
subscribe to that right away. And then, all right, so let's jump in. We're talking, um, you know, everyone kind of knows a little bit about meal planning is, you know, how it's the way to go. It's the thing to do. It works. Um, But I think a big question is how can we make time to meal plan? I've spoken with several small groups here in Orlando locally, and I give all this information. And at the end, the question that I get constantly is, well, how much time do I need to do this? Like, what is this really, what do I need to map out to, mm-hmm. to you know, make that time to get this meal plan together? So I guess let's, you know, kick things off first with a general question to you. What is a meal plan? And then we'll move into, you know, how we actually make time to do this meal plan. Yeah. So a meal plan to me, like I'm not a huge rules girl, really, when it comes to telling other people how to do things, certainly. And I think what I'm coming to realize is that a meal plan is whatever you want it to be and different things work for different people. And a meal plan can be as simple as I am going to decide when I drive to work every day what we're having for dinner tonight and I'll stop for it on the way home. That sounds stressful to me. I would never, that's not how I would approach it. But there, it's making that decision and deciding how and when you're going to do things so that you're not stuck having to make the decisions last minute or right. or in a way that doesn't fit your personality at least, right? And then, I mean, you can go from that, you know, that direction all the way to, you know, spending three hours every Sunday combing the internet for recipes. So I think the time um, is a tricky question. Um, even, even if you want a structured meal plan, you can find them already done on, on websites. I have one that I put out every week that has five meals that all work together, comes with a grocery list. When I use that, I literally like look at the list, look at the grocery list, see what I need that I don't already have. And I'm out the door. So I think time, it it really depends on how you want to do things. And there are different meal plan systems for any different kind of time, depending on, how you want to meal plan. Right. So, so you don't need like a full eight hours, right? No, (laughs) nobody should need a full eight hours to do this. No. You know, one of my favorite ideas is I keep a calendar in the kitchen. It's a printable, like printed PDF calendar that I just Googled for online. And what I do is I write down what we had for dinner the last few days on it, whether it was takeout or I made it. Um, I don't know big details, like a check mark if we liked it. And then I sometimes have like six months of that calendar on my counter. When I go to meal plan, I can just flip through and quickly grab five ideas for dinners that we've had that my family liked. So that takes, you know, two or three minutes. Um, well, and I, I really love that idea because I found myself actually just last week because we're going to get into... A lot of people on our Facebook group are saying that they get into a rut making the Mm. same thing. So I think that this calendar that you're talking about Mm -hmm. could be an excellent way to stay out of a rut. And for me, I just asked my family last week, what do you guys want for dinner next week? Think about things that you really liked that I've made in the past. And Mm -hmm. they were like, well... We there's lots of things we liked, but we can't remember what they were. And I'm like, darn it. Like, you know, why am I not logging this? So that you talking about calendar and just jotting down what it is, um, almost like a backwards meal plan. Exactly. (laughs) And especially if you do, like, I think this is great for people who jump in and out of structured meal planning. So if you do have that hour on a weekend and you spend the time finding the recipes, 
right? Then you jot them on that calendar after that week. And then you don't manage to do that. You're back to spaghetti and meat sauce every second day for Mm -hmm. a little while. You write that down too. But then when you're like in the mood again, you're like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. We liked that. I can do that Mm -hmm. again. You know what I mean? So you put down all those ideas and everything you've been having, and then it's this great resource. The other thing you were saying Mm -hmm. about asking your, your kids what they'd like, Um, I find that if I ask them to just make a list, not like, what are we going to have this week? But like, write down some of the things you like, you know, then I have that. And I, my, my kids, especially my daughter, she's got some anxiety stuff. I think a little bit growing in there, you know, is panicked. Like the pressure's on if she's got to come up with ideas right now. Mm -hmm. But if it's kind of like, this is just for me to know for a future, then it's a little more relaxing for her. That's a good tip. Cause I know. A yeah. lot of people have anxiety, kids and adults <laughs> yeah, right yeah. now in the world. <laughs> we don't want to give anyone any extra anxiety, that's for sure. No, yeah. that's a really good idea. I, I like that. I think keeping that calendar will keep you out of the rut because you can easily reference back to mm-hmm. something that you made in the past. And I know another question, which I think we just maybe talked a little bit about that answer is, you know, with picky eaters, how do you meal mm. plan? Because you feel so defeated. And I think the answer is really bringing your kids into the to the mix like yeah. that and asking them, maybe not like, what do you want for dinner? Like, like you said, that's a big, that's like a, you know, for a kid, like, I don't know. So- um, but if they can make a list, I love that. Yeah. And you know what? I just interviewed for my podcast, a professor from Oxford University is a psychologist who works on um, how all of our senses are involved in enjoying food. And he was talking about how what we call food matters. And so saying, oh, and this goes for adults too. So this study, they did a study at Stanford University at the cafeteria there. And when they started naming the vegetables with names like zingy carrots without changing how the carrots tasted, Mm -hmm. their vegetable sales went up. So so interesting. I know. And so if you think about it, like if you start giving names to your food, right? So we're having rainbow vegetables instead of frozen mixed vegetables. I mean, that's sort of an easy Mm -hmm. one. But like, um, you know, we're having, uh, well, okay, we have a soup in my house that I always just call sausage soup and the kids love Mm -hmm. it. I've started calling it Zupa Toscana, which is what it's called at Olive Garden. Like it's the same one. Like give it that real authentic name. Well, now... This food sounds more exciting. And when you ask them to make that list for you, they have these fun names that they remember. Oh, I like the zingy carrots, you know? I love that. That's a that's a really good idea. I, I've been I'm, playing I, like wheels are turning in my head right now of like what I actually have a soup that I make that my kids like and I call it trash soup <laughs> because I dump in like when I know I have a bunch of veggies that are gonna go bad soon, I dump them all in. And the crock pot and slow cooker and that becomes, it's like basically what would have gone in the trash. So they think it's hilarious and they love eating it because they're like, it's trash soup. (laughs) Yeah, there's something to it for sure. And I think there's, I think we also are sharing something as a family sometimes when we do this, right? Like we have our little inside, like maybe even the sausage soup name. Like I would say to my kids, what do you want for dinner? And they'd say sausage soup. So you know, it's a thing that sticks and works and makes them a little bit more excited and a little bit more interested. The other thing, of course, when you're dealing with picky eaters, I think, um, I mean, there's all sorts of research into this that I don't know that I'm an expert on, but um, trying not to push them, giving them the things that they want 
Um, if that means that, like for me, for the longest time, it meant that I always had cooked chicken breasts in the fridge and mixed mm-hmm. rainbow vegetables. And then I would just try a little bit of whatever we were eating. So I would make dinner for like me and my son and well, now my now ex-husband and my daughter wasn't liking very much of it. So she just was kind of having the same thing with like a little taste of ours all the time. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I say that because I, I don't, it's probably stressful for the kids to be pressured to eat stuff, but it was getting so stressful for me to try and think of like, what am I going to make that all of us are going to eat? That's not going to be boring that, you know, and to be mm-hmm. like, you know what? I've got chicken and peas for her. It's going to be okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think that that's, that's a great way to look at it. And there's, you know, studies have shown if you can introduce things and one unfamiliar thing with a lot of familiar things that it goes a long way. Um, for kids. So, you know, all right. So what do you, do you find it's beneficial to plan all of your meals or just dinner? Cause I'm more of a, I really just plan my dinners. And I know a lot of people are like three meals planned out. Maybe I'll plan like what goes in the lunchbox for the week Mm -hmm. when I, before I shop. But Mm -hmm. what do you think about that? Well, so I will tell you that when the quarantine first hit back in March and the kids were home all day, every day, Um, I was really like, I almost hired like a meal kit service just to bring lunches because I was like, I'm trying to work all day and there's kids and I'm homeschooling and like all this was going on. And I just wanted to be able to grab something from the fridge and be like, eat this, you know? Right. No, believe me. I think you're not alone. (laughs) Yeah. It's been really tough, but what I've been doing, I just plan the dinners. I always make extra, which is not great. Like for me, I'm always trying to watch what I eat. If there's extra, I can have seconds, which isn't great for me, but It is great for the lunches the next day, Mm -hmm. for sure. And I try to change things up a lot. Like I'll, I often will take the dinner ingredients and put them in a bowl with store-bought low-sodium chicken stock. So if we have, you know, chicken parmesan with egg noodles, that chopped up egg noodles, chopped up chicken parmesan, a handful of those frozen peas or some nice fresh um, carrots. I sometimes chop tomatoes into there and then the chicken stock and warm it up. And it's fantastic. Oh, yeah. You know, so turning things around, also quesadillas. I do a lot of taking the leftovers and putting them to quesadillas. My kids aren't super, um, we just had that yesterday all the time, but they start to get like that. If I just try to reheat their dinner the next day for lunch every day, they yep. they get like after like two days, like I don't want dinner from yesterday again, you know? I know, I know. That's how it is in, in my house too. So we're, we're big fans of empanadas. So, mm. which sometimes I feel like people think empanadas are difficult, but with the air fryer and they sell yes. in the frozen section, the rounds that are Right. And maybe they're somewhere else in wherever store that you shop at, but I'm sure you can ask to find them. But they're just the dough rounds and Mm -hmm. we just spoon in. The girls like to, you know, close them up with their fork and then they'll spray olive oil spray and throw them in the air fryer. And then Mm. it's kind of everything packed into an empanada. So I love that. Oh, the other one we do a lot of burrito bowls, or I call them burrito bowls. They don't have to be Tex-Mex, right? Like, again, go back to chicken parm. If I have rice and I have leftover chicken parmesan, and then I can put some chopped fresh zucchini and tomatoes, like warm up the chicken, warm up the rice, put some tomato, zucchini, cucumber on top. And it's like a new dinner in a bowl. It's like we're going to Chipotle, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So I'm thinking like, excuse me. um, I think maybe, you know, like a strategy is that plan your dinners, but also keep in mind how these will be reinvented for lunch, Mm -hmm. right? 
So think about, you know, your shredded chicken maybe or those types of things so that you don't feel like you're planning all three meals, but you sort of are tricking your brain to like, you know. (laughs) The other thing, I just, I always have lunch food. I don't know what lunch food is exactly. I mean, I always have bread, flour tortillas, corn tortillas. I have, you know, some kind of like turkey breast lunch meat. I have tomatoes, cucumbers, bell peppers, lettuce, and I, and some cheese, shredded cheese. There's always those things. And I feel like, you know, if I don't have leftovers, if I don't, there's always the makings of a good sandwich or a good, you know, right. quesadilla or something. So having those things on hand, especially like less perishable, like the the packaged lunch meats, packaged cheeses, the breads, and then the fresh ingredient, fresh vegetables that you're rotating through. Today's Healthy Bite is brought to you by the National Watermelon Promotion Board. Charlie and I are here. We're sipping on our watermelon cucumber smoothies. Watermelon, cucumber, coconut water, lime juice, and mint. What do you think, Charlie? It tastes really good. Good. I, I, I agree. Perfect. Super light and refreshing. Fun fact, watermelon is made of 92% water. That makes it perfect for staying hydrated. Charlie always is ready with her fun facts. And hydration isn't always top of mind when we're not sweating the summer away, but it's just as important during the drier, colder months. Watermelon isn't just for summer. No, it's not. I love watermelon all year round. And this winter, we're celebrating winter melon (laughs) with our friends at the National Watermelon Promotion Board. You can visit watermelon.org backslash wintermelon to find out how you can win some awesome prizes to celebrate. This time of year, you can find mini watermelons or fresh cut watermelons at your local grocery store. Do you have any genius time-saving tips for meal planning? What's your process? All right, that's that's what we need to know. What is your process? Because you you got this down, right? Oh, you know, (laughs) you know what? Okay, I I I go in and out of it. I'm not perfect about this. I some weeks I've meal planned great. Some weeks I'm standing in the middle of the grocery store grabbing. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, if I get chicken, sausages, and and salmon. And I have rice and there's vegetables. Like I do both. Um, I think, you know, being kind to yourself about that. And like, thank you, because (laughs) I feel sometimes defeated when I am that person standing in the grocery store saying, I know they'll eat this, this, and this. That's what all I know. And the next week it's like, same as you. I'm like, okay, here's my list. I'm all organized. So yes, give yourself some but grace there. <laughs> for like actual process, I mean, there's the calendar I told you. You can have the list of recipe ideas from from your family. Uh, start with those. And then I, I make my grocery list from that. I also have something that I created. I call it my master grocery list. It is a list of things that I almost always buy or like yes. need to check if I have. And that's mm-hmm. an Excel. So I've got my, my meal plan that I just wrote up based on the calendar and and recipe ideas. And then I have the grocery list that I came up with of ingredients that I need for those things. And then I look at my master list and like run through it and go, okay, yeah, we need milk, we need bread, we need eggs, we need cheese, you know, like that. Um, That saves me a ton of time. Then I use a free app called Our Groceries to do the grocery shopping. I know you're asking about meal planning on grocery shopping, but I think it's all like the same. Um, And I have things sorted in there into the order in the grocery store that they're in. So once I add the ingredients that I need, all my grocery items to that app, it sorts my into my grocery store. So I know like I just walk up and down the store and everything's in order. Um, That that is my process. (laughs) No, that makes a lot of sense because I don't think anybody, like you said, has, can, you know, week to week 
um, maybe some people, I don't know, <laughs> probably not, um, you know, have this regime that they follow each and every week. Sometimes you have to step outside of that. But I too have a list that are necessary every week, mm-hmm. you know, that I know that probably 15 items that we have to have. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, I think that's a good idea too. And we'll link up to that app. I'll have to find oh, it and yeah. link up. We'll link up in the show notes, anything, you know, even to your meal plan, we can link okay. up to that. Um, so listeners can subscribe or check in over there and see if they can, you know, have some easy ways to, to get going. Sure. You um, know, I have another tip that I've been yeah. like fixated on lately is for for the meat eating people who are listening. It's not this doesn't really apply to vegetarians and vegans so much. I don't think um, trying to when you're thinking about your meal plan, focus on one side dish for each meal instead of on the protein. Like I think we do this. Okay, Monday chicken, Tuesday fish, Wednesday a hamburger, like that kind of thing, and instead. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I want to have cauliflower on Monday. I'm going to make it Italian cauliflower. And you can like spend a little bit more time on a side dish very easily and then just have really plain like chicken and rice with that. And it it can transform the meal. And I think it's easier to think of than like, okay, I'm going to make, again, I'm just going to say chicken parmesan again. I'm sorry, I'm going to make chicken parmesan. Okay, and then I have to have noodles. What's going to go on the noodles? Okay, we're going to have some tomato sauce. And, then I, and I feel like if you just have one nice side dish, you the rest of the meal can fall into place in a much easier way. Does that make sense right. to you? No, that makes total sense. And we um, last, I guess, in November of 2019, um, my husband had some health things come up, nothing crazy, um, but just, you know, looking at some nutritional changes. And so we started in November, 2019, we went com- like did the complete vegan, oh. you know, all right, we're 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 doing it. Um, and so that lasted, I think it, for me, it was probably March, <laughs> go figure. Um, <laughs> it was probably around March that I started back with some cheeses and I think I had like sushi or, or something, you know, the, I'm a fish, like I like seafood. So, um, I was kind of incorporating some of that back in and um, he stayed tried and true. But when we changed over to that way of eating, it kind of forced me into looking at the veggie or the side or whatever it might be becoming Mm -hmm. the star of the show. Mm -hmm. Um, So I really had to change. And and honestly, I know a lot of people think it's so hard to eat that way, but after... Um, getting into it, I realized, wow, there are a lot of options and you're not hungry. You're not just eating lettuce. You know, Mm -hmm. you're, there's some really creative and easy things that you can make. Um, I guess, long story long, now we're back, you know, a little over a year later and he has gradually um, incorporated some meats back in. Um, Maybe he'll have meat once a week, if that. Mm -hmm. And so our family, we still um, you know, while we're not categorized as vegan or even vegetarian, um, I think that it was a good exercise for us mm-hmm. to kind of look at all of the options. And now mm-hmm. I would say majority of time we're, we eat plant-based um, with just, you know, the protein will end up being just like, like you said, like the side thing. So I'm always thinking about that 
yeah. the side dish first. And and do you think it's easier? Like I, I feel like I've been finding it easier if I just try to think of something cool to do to a side dish and then just sort of do everything else oh, yeah. basic. You I, find it I 100%, 100%, so much easier. And it like you hit the nail on the head. Like I completely changed my way of thinking last November mm-hmm. and started focusing in on the side dish. And now that's what I do. And it's so much easier. Yeah. Oh, good. I love, I love, I know I've been yeah. finding it easier. It's so great to hear confirmation from someone, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, it works. I'm telling you, it works. I, I say, any, I highly recommend every, anybody, you know, in the future doing a kind of like one of those detox things where you, not really a detox thing, but where you remove, you know, where you remove something from your diet and kind mm-hmm. of journal how you feel, especially if you're facing some kind of health. Sorry, I'm on a ta- going on a tangent here, but if you're facing some kind of health, um, issue, you know, that you want to remedy. I feel like I even tell my kids this, like if they have a, you know, a belly ache. And my daughter said the other day, it was so funny. She goes, you know, I feel like every time I eat at a Mexican restaurant, I get a stomach ache mm. every time. And so we kind of talked it through and I was like, do you think it's the cheese or do you think it's, so we were kind of like looking at what she typically orders and trying to kind of just figure out why she feels that way. So I just encourage anyone, you know, to kind of look at things that way. Sorry, we're getting off meal planning. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. I, I think, I think that meal planning, if you're, if you're thinking about or doing it, cooking, it's so much a part of everything in our lives, right? So you, it's really hard to stay just on meal planning. I, it really <laughs> is. It everything. really is. All right. So in, in time, we'll, we'll, I have one more question for you here. I think, what are the benefits of meal planning that, you know, I think, I think we know there are benefits, right. but what are your thoughts? What are the benefits you feel? So I think, for me, the benefits come depending on what intentions I have for the meal planning. Like if if I'm just meal planning to save time and reduce decision making, then that is what's going to happen. I'm going to save time and reduce decision making. But if I'm if I'm trying to stick to a budget or like, you know, back in March, April, May, I was going to the grocery store very, very rarely. So right. trying like whatever it was that I was trying to do is the benefit. And so I always encourage people if they're, if they're saying to me, oh, I need to meal plan. I want a meal plan. I never have time for it. I never, I say, you know what, step back and think about first, you really need to make this change in your life. Like, is it something you actually really want to do? And then what is your intention from it? What is, what are you hoping to get from it? Because that's going to determine what kind of meal plan you build, what kind of recipes you look for, what, you know, all, all of that, if you're going to be reusing leftovers a lot, or if you're going to be all of that, um, is going to change depending on what the intention is. And so there are a million different benefits. As I said, decision-making, you save time, you can save money, you can eat more healthily, more vegetables, try new things, all, all of these things. But they're only going to happen if that is part of your intention for doing it in the first place. Right, exactly. Um, and, you know, I feel like that it's all about that intention. And I know you said back to March and April when you were, you know, and even now, you know, we're still all limiting how much time we're spending at the mm-hmm. grocery store, if if not just ordering. Um, so I think that, and I know everybody's like, no more silver linings. Don't talk about silver yeah. linings <laughs> for this year. But um, it seems like, you know, maybe we are more intentional about making our grocery lists if we know we can only, you know, we yes. only plan on going one time and that we can't just run out to Publix every day, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not talking about myself. Just kidding. <laughs> I am talking about myself because I think sometimes you think, oh, well, if I need something, I'll just run 
run out and grab it, you know? And so I think something that I've learned is that, you know, and, and my kids too, because they're like, we don't have this. And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. we're not going to the grocery store till Sunday. So figure it out. Like we're not, you know? So mm-hmm. I think we've all become like savvy at looking at the pantry and saying, how can I combine this, this, and this and mm-hmm. make something happen, you know? Um, but I do think the intention is probably more there for a lot of people, um, you know, having to make those lists that are going to work for them for a longer period of time. Right, right. And I think focusing in on one intention or two, it's overwhelming to start something like this right off the bat. So if you're trying to have all of those intentions, like that's going to be really overwhelming and difficult. So just like the one, like I want a meal plan to save time or I want a meal plan to eat more vegetables in our house, you know, have the intention and and then start working the meal plan around that. And then you'll really see that the that benefit come to life, you know? For sure. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been great to hear all of your wonderful tips and ideas for families when it comes to to getting started with a meal plan and making time to meal plan. Before we close things out, can you tell listeners where they can find and connect with you? Yes, I am at Cook the Story everywhere, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, I'm not on TikTok yet, but my daughter's trying to convince me. So stay tuned. <laughs> you have to let us know about your TikTok debut. Yeah, we'll for sure. <laughs> promote that. <laughs> I will. Thank you so much, Amanda. This has been wonderful. Thanks for joining us. I hope you enjoyed the show today. Remember to join the Healthy Family Project Facebook group and we can continue the conversation over there. If you like the Healthy Family Project podcast, please tell a friend and leave us a rating. It will only help our visibility so we can continue to create a healthier generation. If you want to tweet direct with me, I'm at Amanda M. Kiefer on Twitter and also the same on Instagram. And you can find Healthy Family Project on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube. Be sure to subscribe. Talk soon.